Okay, and we're going to give everybody a chance to get into the chat, and we're going to give all the channels a chance to connect, but we are live now. This is Indy. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode ever of Friends of Indy Left. Let me turn off that app right there. No, it's not turning off. I got you. See, now, now we're doing it live. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to Friends of Indy Left. And thank you so much for being here and checking this out. I'm excited to launch this new show, which I thought would be a great way for all of us to learn more about the people whose work and analysis we amplify regularly in independent left news and leftist.today, even in our Discord server, Independent Left GG. The idea behind creating the show is to learn, again, what makes these fantastic people tick. There's a reason why we include their content in our aggregator site, and we want you to see what we see. So, uh, you know, I, I advertised who our first guest was, so, so I'm going to get right to it. So with no further ado, welcome, Savvy Sabs, the wonderful, the terrific Sabrina Salvati, who doobie doobie do. I've welcome. <laughs> I'm so honored that, that Hi, I'm, I'm so honored that, that you, you agreed to, to join us and, and to be here and, and to, to sit in on this and to participate and you're always game for, for all new stuff. And, and again, I thank you for, for being here and for doing that. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, I want to do a proper introduction. Sabrina Salvati, Sabi Sabs. She is uh, the host of the Sabi Sabs podcast and show on YouTube and Rockfin. She is a member of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. She is launching a new channel on the, I, uh, the roundtable.io network. And again, I just want to welcome her in. Cool. So, first question that I had is, and I, I started talking to you a little bit beforehand, and I was like, you know, we should save this for the stream. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I only knew, really discovered Savvy Sabs in 2021, but of course, you've been doing this a while. So I want to learn a little bit about, you know, your journalism career and, and how you got here and... And how how we got to having this conversation today? I'd I'd love to to hear your side of that. So I'm gonna let you talk, and 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 this is that's what this is about to learn about you. Sure. Um, so I actually I majored in broadcast journalism in undergrad. Um, didn't find a job in in broadcast journalism after undergrad. I graduated during that time of, uh, let's just say the economy was very bad during that time. Um, did a couple internships, ended up working in healthcare. That's how I found out about the healthcare system in this country and how horrible the insurance companies are. And then I ended up going to grad school for a higher education administration, academic advisor for a little over 10 years. Uh, and then I, I wanted to still like pursue my passion, which was like journalism, broadcast journalism. So I started doing so through YouTube in the beginning, because I was living in the city, I live in Boston, uh, Massachusetts, well, outside of Boston, Massachusetts now, and I really didn't have the space and I didn't have the equipment to do a show the way that I wanted to. I lived on a very busy street. It was loud. There was a lot of construction. So I started on YouTube actually doing vlogs and doing how-to videos. And I educated people about higher education, how to get into some of these colleges, uh, basically uh, educational videos. 
the plan was always to eventually move to a podcast format once I had the space and once I had the equipment. And then when we moved during the pandemic, I was like, yes, I now I finally have the space and the equipment to do what I really want to do. And so that's when I started to do that transition. I've watched independent media for years. And one of the things that I noticed that I felt was missing is that there weren't enough women. There weren't enough African-Americans. I felt like this space was primarily dominated by white men who were speaking for marginalized groups. And I felt like it's important for people to hear from those marginalized groups. So that's why I started to do this. Um, I was a big Bernie supporter. Obviously, you guys probably figured that out. But I was a big Bernie supporter. uh, And I was ultimately crushed uh, when Bernie suspended his campaign. And I felt that same kind of disappointment that I felt with President Obama, Um, somebody I thought that was actually really going to come in and implement change. He did not do that, obviously, as we saw. And Bernie, for me, was like a second hope in a way. And I thought, okay, maybe this time it's actually going to happen. So I definitely wanted to do a show to give like my opinion and my perspective about the two-party system, electoral politics, and the money that's involved. And I think it's important that people focus more so on the money and not so much on the personalities. Definitely. And and so you started streaming and you started do, doing YouTube political stuff really after the Bernie campaign uh, kind of gave up in 2020. Is that is that what it was? 2021. When did you start going do, doing the Savvy Sav show like like more politics than than educational stuff? It was January 2021. It was actually right after Force the Vote. Uh, I started off interviewing activists and uh, grassroots candidates that were running through the Democratic Party, through um, progressive Democrats, basically. I started off interviewing those people and activists like Savage Joy, um, Christine Olivio came on, uh, Chris Mm -hmm. Smalls. Uh, So I started off in that realm. And I didn't do live streams back then. I only did uploads like on YouTube. And what I found along the way is that uploads like the editing it requires a lot of work it doesn't work well for the algorithm and then i switched over to a live stream uh format and started doing news along with interviews as well oh that's great and and we're all grateful that you did because you're definitely one of my favorites to watch i gotta tell you um again we cover about 150 different outlets between youtube and and print journalism uh, you bring strong takes on a regular basis. Uh, I have to say, you know, and and you're not afraid to to disagree with somebody or to say something unpopular, and and we totally respect and appreciate that. Uh, again, that's that's great. And again, I appreciate you, you talking about a little bit about how you got here. Um, I, I'd love to learn a little bit about how you met. Uh, uh, CJ and JB is that was that all kind of through the Bernie movement and 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 how you guys figured out to come together a, as a group and a network and and that whole rise of course is, is fascinating to me as somebody who recently put some some independent streamers together for a network so that uh, that was one question that was on my mind pressing more than anything was exactly how did how did you guys all f- come together and then decide, Hey, you know, we should do this. Cause I uh, thank you for doing it by the way. 
Yeah, uh, so I met all of them on Twitter, actually. It's really interesting. Um, I haven't, we haven't met in person. Well, some of us have met in person, but we're in different time zones in different states. But I met them on Twitter. I, the first one I met was Rome. And at that point, I think his, uh, I think his Twitter tag was, um, look, there's a black, look, a black atheist. And he was saying a lot of things that I, I felt. And I was like, I, I don't know who this guy is but I really need to get him to come on. So Rome was actually one of my first guests that came onto my show and he was talking about force the vote and the importance of force the vote and why it was important that the squad should have done that. So I met Rome first on Twitter. Then I met Nick and Nick again, he canvassed for Bernie Sanders. He was talking a lot about that on Twitter and through, and then after that came like CJ and RJ and all of them, Everyone from the beginning of, of RBN when it was, that was back when it was FHL. That's, that's how I met them. And then, um, I invited CJ on my show when he was talking about the Bernie Sanders movement. And he said something that really resonated with me. You shouldn't have a movement through an electoral campaign. And he had a list of reasons as to why and what Bernie did and why that didn't work. And that really kind of woke me up in, in a sense, because I think a lot of us like we liked Bernie's movement and we agreed with like him on the issues, but I don't think we really stopped and thought, well, what happens if Bernie doesn't win? What happens to this movement? And that was something that CJ noticed. And he talked about that like often. So um, that's how that all happened. Like we did meet like on Twitter and I think we just all clicked, um, which is interesting because I've, I've met people in person <laughs> that I can see and interact with like on a weekly basis. And we don't click the way that all of us did. And we met online. I mean, I mean, I, I got to tell you the, the number of people that I, I've talked to that have been inspired by you guys doing mutual aid and that now are doing it themselves, sharing, amplifying, understanding the importance of course, but, but really just how easy it actually is to do and to make a difference in somebody else's life, a, a big difference. And it's the person sitting next to you that you can actually see and feel and have impact on. And I think a lot of people just weren't even thinking about that, to be honest, until you guys started talking about that on a regular basis. Like, look, there are people that are sitting next to you that, that need the help and let's start by helping them uh, instead of thinking about necessarily these, these huge problems. And, and that's a credit to to CJ, credit to all all of the folks over at RBN and FHL, and I I really think that was one of the biggest, strongest messages that that all of you brought brought out that and the activism work, and of course Afini as part of the group, and and she came on like like a house of fire as well, and you've introduced so many new names and faces and and people and 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 ideas into the space just just this year honestly uh i i, I think that it th that group your group has been kind of a, a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways and it's gone through some some challenges and ev everybody does and but but i'll tell you i i think in the end you you've come out stronger and and look what you put together with the the general strike summit over over three days and uh, i i got again just just kudos and aces to the way that this meteoric rise has happened in just just a short period of time um i did want to ask about some of your favorite uh, mutual aid orgs since we're talking about mutual aid we can shout out some of them and and give them some amplification uh may, may, maybe they can they can use that and, and clip it 
Well, I'm I'm going to be biased here, but definitely, obviously, tour for the poor that Rome does because that's a national organization. So Rome goes across the country to different states, giving people food and clothes and also educating them and talking to them about the importance of socialism, the problem with the two-party system, the problem that we have with capitalism in this country. I think that's that's heavily important. Um, I have been volunteering since I was in high school. I, that's when I started getting into volunteering. But that was done, I guess, more so through charities, so to speak. Uh, it was a little bit different. I volunteered for, you know, Habitat for Humanity. I volunteered with the Girl Scouts. So that's something that I've been doing for a long time. But when it comes to mutual aid, that's different because you are actually making an impact on someone's life. You're giving them things that they really need. You're giving them food, you're giving them clothes, but you're also giving them education. Mm -hmm. And I think what I noticed from a lot of those charities that I was involved with, we would collect like winter clothes for kids and give them out at schools. We would work with the Girl Scouts. We would do those things, but we weren't really giving them the education piece. And I think that that you know part is important and crucial as well. And that's something that the Black Panthers did. They didn't just feed and clothe people. They also educated them as well. Yeah, that's really important for sure. Um, I also wanted to shout out Afini's org. I think it's Freedom Fighters DC. Uh, they they do some amazing work in in helping to to feed uh, feed the hungry and especially in fighting for housing justice. I know that that they're especially uh, passionate about that, and and that's that's another area we could, we could certainly get into. Um, I wanted to ask one one thing: uh, what would people be surprised to learn about you? Oh dear, what can I say on here, Indy? I'm just kidding. Um, surprised to learn about me. Oh boy, I think I've kind of put it all out. Well, maybe not actually. Um, <laughs> some people might be surprised to know that I was an athlete. I don't think I've talked about that really? <laughs> like ever once, like on my show. Yeah, I was an athlete. I paid like when I was in middle school, I played basketball, I played soccer, I played softball. Um, and I think, you know, looking back on it, that really taught me how to be part of a team. Um, and something I didn't think about back then, I was just like, I, I liked sports and I wanted to play and I wanted to win. I didn't really think so much about how that would affect me later on in life. But I think being on a sports team really showed me how to be part of a team and to work with other people. And so I think that when I got into college, joining other organizations, my first, I guess, real job, you would say, um, after I graduated from college, having to be on teams, sometimes multiple teams in the workplace, I think that's something that I, th I think I did well in that because I came from sports and we were taught that we had to work together in order to play well, in order to win. So um, I think a lot of people don't know that, is that I was an athlete. Wow. And, what, and what's your favorite sports now, now to still watch? Are you still playing? Are you still active in any sports? I'm not active in any sports now, um, but to watch, like I still love to watch football. That's my favorite sport to watch. And then after that, probably college basketball. Um, and favorite sport to play is still basketball. And, and are you a Patriots fan, I'm guessing, since you're in the Boston area? I am a Patriots fan, and I am bummed that we lost yesterday. We really needed to win that game, but Miami has always given us trouble. I don't know why, but we always have difficulty when we play them. Yeah, I, 
I didn't get a chance to catch up with that yesterday. That's that, that's family stuff. But I did see that, uh, and my nephew is, is a big big Pats fan because they li- li- they live up in the Springfield area. So, um, I did also want to talk about some of the new upcoming. Like you're involved in so many different projects, and there's a couple of new new ventures that that I know that you're involved with. One of which uh, is the women's. There's a women's conference that's upcoming. Uh, well, first of all, you're you're planning a women's summit, correct? Is that correct? Next month, an online women's correct. summit. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm hosting a women's summit February 26th and February 27th. Uh, there will be four panels. Um, I can go ahead and list the panels for you: uh, women's healthcare, violence against women, uh, women's activism, and women in the workplace. And I chose those topics in particular because I feel that these are things that we do need to discuss. We talk about it more so on a, a general level, but we need to talk about how these these issues affect women in particular, especially violence against women, um, because that's been an ongoing issue in this country for a long time. Um, so that should be a pretty cool event. I've already booked a lot of people for that so far. I'm waiting on a couple more confirmations, and then you guys will start to see promos for that as well. Wow. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. And again, it's, it's a lot of work to organize these events. I don't know how, you know, from people that, that are watching on the back end. Um, and, and again, we, we don't, what we want to do is we're getting education out of this. We're not making money, quote unquote, you know, this is not, not for profit. This is for education. This is for uh, bringing, raising awareness in the space and and again, I, I'm a huge supporter, and I'll do all I can to to amplify. And of course, you'll know it'll be included in 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 the left news and leftist today. I know you're also involved in in uh, in an event that Sharif is planning. I believe on March eighth. Are, are you involved yeah. with that? Mm-hmm. I'm involved on the. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to be there in person because it's on it's on a Tuesday. Uh, for March 8th. So I may not be there in person, but I am involved with the logistics. So Sharif did include me in that group as well. So I told him I could try to help and amplify as many ways as possible as he needs, even if it's marketing or promo materials as well. Yeah. And th- and that's an international women's day. I believe he's trying, he's holding, correct? So that's, that's great. And, and again, so many things you're involved with. And now this, this new venture with, with round table, and, and I'm really excited to to learn a little bit more about uh, round table I went and I looked at your page and for anybody that hasn't seen it let me drop it in the chat it's actually in the description uh, for the video now wherever you are um, uh, unless you're on Twitter in which case uh, uh, go to go to Savvy's uh, Twitter page and you'll be able to find the round table link on there but but talk a little bit about round table I know you did a little two-minute commercial on on your channel and and I watched it and I've shared it quite a bit, but, but I want everyone else to, to hear it that hasn't had a chance to, to hear about it yet, uh, right, right from you. Absolutely. So Roundtable is a new platform. It's solely for uh, independent media. Um, so in reference to, if you were to compare it to like YouTube or Rumble, it's different in the sense that you won't go on Roundtable and find vlogs or like cooking videos. It's just journalism. Um, from independent people. So a couple of months ago, they reached out to me and we had a meeting, couple of meetings, and they asked me if I was interested to partner with them or to become a partner with them. 
And after what I saw, I thought like, this is a good idea. Like we need to have a platform that's solely for like journalism, uh, whether it's video, whether it's articles as well. Um, so I signed on with them and my site just recently launched. So what's cool about Roundtable is you can go onto the site and if you wanted to just see like journal articles, you can just read articles. If you want to see videos, you can see videos, but everybody that's a partner with Roundtable has their own Roundtable site. So everything that you see me produce, whether it's on YouTube or a Substack, which I'm going to get back into writing more articles for Substack soon will all be connected on my roundtable site and it will redirect you to those sites as well. So it's another place to, uh, you know, introduce more traffic. I think that's important because independent media is heavily suppressed on YouTube, as you guys can tell. Um, so you need to be on as many platforms as possible. And this is something I recommend for everybody. Don't just rely on YouTube, try Rockfin as well. I'm also going to try to check out Rumble. You need to be on as many platforms as possible because you never know what's going to happen with YouTube. So I am really excited about it. There were a couple guys that came together and created Roundtable. Uh, one of them actually uh, ran third party. Uh, some of you might be familiar with him, Brock Pierce. Uh, he was also in the Mighty Ducks, which I know that's random, but he was. I, I didn't realize that at the time. Um, Robert uh, also, who uh, who I first met with, He's worked with NBC. He's worked with all of these different like mainstream media uh, networks. And basically kind of like a lot of us, he got tired of the information that was being put out. And so he left that uh, and decided to work more with independent media. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really pumped. And I think this, we need more of this, something where it's just for independent media so people can have that source and not have to fiddle through uh, YouTube and depend on the algorithm. Oh, this is this is a great page. I've actually I'm actually sharing it on screen right now for everybody to see while you've been talking about it. And at the uh, you can even buy Savvy Sab's merch. Check that out. You've got the merch store attached to it too. Love it. So everything that is the world of Savvy Sab's in one central location here at 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 uh, uh, Roundtable.io. So everybody, please go check this out and sign up for this. Uh, I'm I'm a fan. I I like what I'm seeing here. Um, this is a really cool platform, uh, and I, I like the concept. I actually uh, did watch some of the independent debates last year or in 2020, and I I actually kind of was digging what Brock Pierce had to say. So when I heard that he was involved with this, uh, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm I'm down with that. Uh, and and now that I see that you're involved and and that Nico's involved, I'm like, all right, well well, how do I get involved now? So Hopefully, in the near future, will this this platform will be expanding to to some other other people and some other content creators, and we'll see a lot more of our uh, people from our space in here. Uh, now, I know that you also said that it's not just left independent media, but also you know right independent media, but it's it's open to independent media and not just from the political vertical, but but all verticals, correct? Correct. And they also do a round table on round table, which I've already done one of those uh, with Teddy. Teddy came on my show last week. I met him on a round table. And what they'll do is they'll they'll put you together with people that have a different opinion, which is honestly, that's the way it should be. Right. Like it gets boring sometimes just bringing on people who agree with you on everything. So mm -hmm. they'll put together people that have a difference of opinion, but they're knowledgeable about the subject matter that's being presented. 
So I was on a panel with uh, Teddy, LA Progressive, and Robert, and we were talking about the class race issue. And it was a really interesting uh, discussion. So they do roundtables as well. But again, I think the difference is like you're with people that have a difference of opinion. Well, and again, I, I think it's really important because you can change their minds. And, and uh, we see that happen. And what, what you really find is that we agree on about 75% of the issues and we fight about 25% of the issues pretty hardcore, but, but most of the things we all agree on, and maybe it's the nuance of exactly how we want to get there. But I think having platforms that show that we actually do can have conversations where we can have disagreements, have in-depth conversation where we both come away saying, well, I respect what you have to say and you respect what I have to say, but we're going to agree that they're both valid points, but they're in counter to each other. That that can happen too. I mean, it, you know, uh, again, just just super excited about about this platform. Uh, that the fact that that you're on it and and helping to launch it, and um, my goodness, there's so many other things like I I, I had uh, set up here. Let me see what else I've got in my notes. Where to go? Now it just disappeared. Of course, I lost my notes. Yay! So. Talk to me about, God, there's so many, here we go. Now I got you here. Um, talk to me about, God, well, so now you're doing Roundtable, you're doing RBN, you have your show that you do like four nights a week, and you have a, a you do the, uh, the Roundtable shows at RBN, you have your show that you do Friday nights there, you've got, you're now doing the, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot what, the Women's Solidarity Panel, uh, the, the Women of Color Panel that you do every Sunday night, uh, uh, every fourth Sunday night, that debuted. Mm -hmm. How do you have the time to do all this? How do, when do we sleep? <laughs> um, I, I think for me, like, so these live streams that I do, they aren't incredibly long, right? So I'm usually live minimum one hour, max maybe an hour and a half. Um, so that is time that I used to spend like just watching, uh, cringeworthy TV shows. So it's like, <laughs> I could take that time that I'm using to watch like TV shows that aren't really like educating me the way that I, I feel they should and use it towards something that's more, uh, productive. So that was kind of how I looked at that. And so because of that, I do watch less television now. Um, I may, and I mainly don't really watch cable anyway, unless I'm watching like sports, um, but I like the fact that it's cut down my TV watching time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can use my time in a more productive manner. So for me, it's, there's not a lot of prep work I have to do for these shows because I'm talking about things that I am knowledgeable about. Um, if I'm not as knowledgeable about them and I have a guest coming on, they're educating me too. So and not just people in, in the audience. And also when it comes to news, this was something someone asked me recently. They were like, how do you do three like news stories like every night that you go live? And I'm like, well, news is all over Twitter mm -hmm. and you can listen to news. Like if you're, you're your car, like you can just turn on the news, like news is all around us. Um, I don't really have to sit down and, and watch like this long episode from, you know, CNN or MSNBC. So you use the resources that are available to you and are available in a quick, like rapid way. Um, also give a shout out to case study QB because he does a lot of clips on Twitter, a lot of news clips, which I find to be very helpful, but that's pretty much like 
my go-to is like social media, Twitter, and then I, I like to double check things and fact check them before I talk about them on the show. But other than that, I don't have a lot of prep work that I have to do. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's, that's really funny. You know, your story sounds a lot like mine in, in a way that I was watching a lot of junk TV and sitting on the couch and not being productive. And then again, just kind of got fired up and inspired. Like, you know, we need to fight this whole media narrative and this whole media machine that the, the, the corporate narrative is and the propaganda is out of control. And how do we amplify and aggregate all that into one central space? And again, I love that you found a lane to do that. I found a we've all kind of found our lane and and we've built this whole infrastructure and again this does come out of the Bernie movement out of out of what's next and and again love love that you had that that discussion with CJ about that um I wanted to also ask one final question about about advice to people who are also inspired to try this but they may be scared or hesitant because you know I'm sure you you had moments where like I, I don't know if I want to do this and this is a lot of work and it's fun to do this, but I'm putting myself out there. I'm putting my face and my name and, you know, there's who knows out there. So um, advice to people who are, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that, that are inspired by you and, and that might want to do this. So, so, so some words of encouragement or some even warning to, to hear, here's what you can expect when you, if you decide to do this. Absolutely. Um, in the beginning, I think that it was uh, more difficult because no one knew who I was. Uh, my channel small. My channel's still small, but my channel was really small back then. Um, and I think that's something that I want you to be prepared for. Like if you decide to do this, don't be surprised if you try to get guests to come on and no one responds, or they just say, "Well, no." Don't be surprised. Don't take that personal. A lot of times, like people feel more comfortable coming on when they they know you or they've been introduced to you. And I understand that too, because you can go on someone's show and you never know what kind of questions you're going to get hit with, right? Mm. So that is something that you you have to keep in mind is that there are people who've been doing this for a long time and they've built relationships with people in this space. And when you're new, they just they just don't know you, right? So you have to give that time. I think. With some people, honestly, I think I got lucky. I, I think like, for example, like I had a guest come on like very early on who they happened to see a vlog that I did about gentrification in, in Boston and they liked that vlog. So they said, yes, I'm coming on. Um, sometimes it's, it's a hit or a miss. Sometimes you just get lucky, but, but just be prepared for that. Like, don't be surprised if you're not getting responses like earlier on, um, what you want to do is just continue to do the work, um, keep improving what you do. And then eventually like people will, will come. I hate to say like field of dreams, but eventually people will come, mm -hmm. but you have to be prepared for that. Uh, in reference to growth again, it, it takes time. Like I still can't believe that I grew kind of the, the way that I did. Like I was not expecting to grow as fast as I did. Um, but I think part of it has to do with the fact that talking about issues that I've been told that people have been wanting to hear like in this space and they've wanted to see a different perspective. So I think that helped me. And also there were people that, that came on my show and like promoted my show to two people. So that helped me a lot too. Um, so just be prepared for that and be willing to do the work. 
Um, I highly recommend that you post as much content as possible to get around the algorithm. That really helps. Live streaming is best to get around the, uh, the algorithm. You can start with uploads if you don't feel comfortable jumping into a live stream just yet. That's how I started. Um, other than that, I would say, I think gone are the days where you can upload like a seven minute, eight minute video get all these views that just doesn't seem to work for newer channels for people who've been doing that for a long time it does but right now it's like the algorithm seems to want longer content and that's mm. why the live streams are key another thing i would tell you in reference to the equipment the equipment can be expensive i mean for me like i told you it took a while before i could actually purchase the equipment that i needed I would say like when you start out just start out like with what you have like if you're using your phone just use your phone um and you can tell like your audience like set up a kofi set up a patreon and ask them to donate so that you can get more equipment like as you go on but don't don't do what i did and like feel like you can't start at all until you have all of the equipment i, I think that's important for people to know um and then also like collaborate <laughs> collaborate with people in the space that was oh, something yeah. i felt was missing for such a long time like I'd, I'd watch all of like left independent media there didn't seem to be collaborations unless there was like some type of debate like collaborate with people in the space everybody who has a smaller channel all of us should be collaborating and working together as much as possible i think that's only going to help audience cross over and introduce audiences to other people yeah i totally agree Awesome. And and thank you for sharing all those great tips of advice. Um, again, everybody loves watching your stuff. Uh, I really do. It's, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's educational. Uh, it can be spicy at times. Uh, we, you're introducing us to new, to new people and, and we love that and, and totally appreciate it. And again, that was my last question for today. And it's running up a little bit more than a half an hour. I, I really appreciate your time. And I thank everybody for coming in and, and hanging out and chat today. I did want to address a couple of people. I wanted to answer that uh, the reason why I'm not on camera is because I, I hide my, my face because I'm in a right-wing industry. And I don't want to potentially lose a, a, a customer or upset one of my, my the company I work for's customers if they they heard a couple of my, my takes and or, or saw what I was sharing and and it's out of respect for the people that I work for um but uh and really what I want to do is focus on the streamers and on the content creators themselves anyway because this is about them this has never been about me it's only about the questions that I think other people also have as well and again I appreciate you joining us today I appreciate everybody joining us today. And, and again, thank you so much. And we're going to cut out for today. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let, I'm going to stay, steal Sabby's line and, and was it good night and hit it. Keep up the it? fight. Keep up the fight. Right.